0: What are we doing here?
1: Uh, something we've talked about for the last two years. I know. And it's, uh, seems to be always on a Friday, always on a Friday and in, in your office and we're drinking.
0: <laughs> uh, what does that say about us?
1: that we like drinking on Fridays. I
0: think it more says that we're in the insurance industry. That yes. that's probably a little bit more on that. That is true. So, yeah, it's it's always great cuz Friday afternoons we come in here and people sit down and they're always talking to us and you know all of a sudden it's like, "Well, you want to drink? You want to drink?" and then all of a sudden this has kind of become a thing. Yeah.
1: So, we've been doing that for well, that part of it we've been doing for longer than 2 years. Uh, absolutely. We've we've
0: seen we've seen people come and go through those parties for sure. Yes. And then, um, yeah, it was, it was about, a, about a year ago that we talked about, you know, we should probably do this as a
1: podcast. Well, I think the seed was actually planted two years ago. I remember uh, we were at a conference sitting in a bar. And you, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and Don Hobdy was sitting there with us, and he just watched us go back and forth, back and forth, talking about whatever we were talking about that day. Very entertained by our conversation. Just and the back and forth. And you didn't just say anything. <laughs> you just listened to it. Exactly. And I think that was where kind of the seed was planted. Yeah. That this would be something we needed to do.
0: Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've actually been looking forward to it. And so I guess it's time to introduce uh, our, our little podcast, the yeah. uh, Insurance at uh, Friday Happy Hour. So here it is. Time for me to pour the first drink. Yes, let's go. <laughs> you know, back uh, back in the mid-90s, so I might be dating myself a little bit, I used to do radio. So a lot of this was a lot of fun setting up. I was kind of looking forward to it. And then I got into it, and I was like, the world has changed. Because <laughs> you get out there, and when you're doing radio, and I did just a dinky college radio show, and I would talk. And I didn't care about who would be listening. Now there's metrics. Podcast has views and listeners
1: and subscribers. Uh, th- this might be a new experience for me. Yeah, well, definitely for me. And metrics are even getting better because Apple's going to be starting to give more numbers around the podcast instead of just downloads. Yeah. So it'll be interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and and I'll be looking at the Android side of the business and you'll be looking at the iPhone <laughs> side of the business because just can't handle the iPhone, the iOS, and all, all the, the controlling mechanisms that they do there.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: So, we we have that. We have that. We've got all this set up and we have, I guess, a lot to talk about. Well, yeah. yeah. There's a lot happening in the
1: industry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, shoot. Let's do it. Well, I found this story on insurancejournal.com from a telematic CEO. I believe it is, uh, his name is Ted Gramer, CEO of TrueMotion. And he lists five trends to watch in 2018 in auto insurance. So first of all, let's talk about this whole five. Is that every
0: time it seems like a blog entry has got like five or seven or ten, What what do you think is actually the best
1: one to have? I don't know that there's a single best one just having a number period, I think is <laughs> mine would always be like the number one thing to do. Done!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Well, people like to have, you know, uh, steps or to know the things that are coming down the road so that they're prepared, which is what you see a lot of this time of year is you see a lot of these, here are the trends, here are the predictions for this new year that we're just starting. But that's what this is, really. It's just kind of what this guy is predicting going to happen this year.
0: So we hope that he's predicting right, wrong? Or what, what's our what's our goal with these uh, lists?
1: Uh well, I think it's it's yes, the answer, because you want you wanna you wanna know what to expect so that you can prepare. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if something's gonna happen that's gonna affect you and your business, you wanna know about it so that you can make Changes so hopefully it's not a negative impact and a positive instead.
0: Yeah, that's what we've heard a lot in this industry. The insurance industry is just all this impact. Everything's changing, disruption. I, you know how much I hate that word. <laughs> yeah, but it's there's so much opportunity that I see, and you know, hearing these lists and hearing things that are coming. And ways that uh, agents and carriers can embrace it really you know,
1: makes me happy. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the list. Go ahead and shoot. All right. So the first one he is predicting is the customer will win. Low engagement, poor satisfaction, and complicated processes will not survive in the $200 billion U.S. auto insurance market. Consumers have come to expect delightful experiences like they have with Amazon, Google, and Apple, and they benchmark all company experiences against them. Auto insurance is no exception. Either incumbents will figure it out or new entrants will. In 2018, we'll see the the battle heat up with a focus on the customer experience.
0: Well, of course. I mean, you know, some of these platforms are now, take a picture of your driver's license and then they know everything about you. That's way easier than typing in all the stuff or telling someone on the phone in a call center or an agency. So there's absolutely, you know, making it easier for consumers to do something is the cornerstone of what Amazon has done. And it's what consumers expect. So I definitely can see that because you, you sit there in Amazon, it's like, click now, boom, it's on my doorstep tomorrow. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> I mean, here's a point where you're like, you're you're in Best Buy and you're shopping for something and you're like, you know what? I really don't even want to carry that to my car. I'm just going to order it on Amazon so I don't have to go through the checkout line, pull out my credit card, sign a receipt, do any of that. Amazon has made things so easy and consumers are starting to go, we
1: want to have that ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely, we're definitely seeing that more and more, uh, like with online consumer writers and uh, lead aggregators and all of that, as they're you know growing in traffic and the number of consumers who are going through those platforms.
0: Yeah, I can tell you for sure that they are growing in in, in numbers. And, you know, there, there's been this delay in insure tech. And you know, everybody's got the insure tech and they're all worried and all that. But the thing is, is that they go, well, what happened in 2017? Why didn't I see all these insure techs? Why, why, is, why did it get quiet? And they're building it's like that storm that you know they had some good momentum in the front is good the gust front is going and it's you know it's that was the precursor 2015 and 2016 but 2017 was the calm before the storm i think and that's where you're going to see a huge transformation in 2018 and beyond where those people that have gotten billions of dollars into their platforms they're now going to start making a move
1: yeah all right what's next Expect UBI 2.0. The results are in. Driving data is highly predictive. Mobile telematics has reduced the barriers to entry. Consumers are signing up, and the carriers that started early are winning. Expect carriers to leverage driving data in new and innovative ways that go broader than just price-targeting high-value segments. This will include levels of personalization not possible before using mobile channels to drive customer engagement and loyalty carriers that have fallen behind will scramble to catch up
0: okay well I got a question I don't think UBI 1.0 was really even fully vetted yet why are we putting numbers on it it's like UBI is UBI how are you using the car you know UBI is gonna be transformative it's gonna you know I talk about this and you're gonna you're (laughs) gonna go Heard the story again and again and again it's, you know, if my insurer, and now they're going to have it publicly known on our little podcast, actually knew how I drove, they would be like, oh man, we're raising your rates. Because A, got a good lawyer that gets me out of tickets. B, I'm pretty attentive and I don't do dumb stuff, but I drive fast brake hard, accelerate through traffic, drive at hours of the night that I'm not supposed to be driving, all of these things. And if they knew all that, they would go, oh, Laird, you're a risk. (laughs) But now I've got nothing on my record. I've got good credit, no accidents. So I get great rates. But if my car was reporting all of that up, it would change it. My credit doesn't really matter. I mean, it tells you how good I pay or how well I pay. Sorry. My, my English major fell out of my pocket on that one. But uh, it's uh, all this stuff is out there, and then it's going to give you so much information that really matters. Who, what does it matter that your car has this one or this thing or you do that or this? It really matters of how you drive day in and day out. So, I, you know, whenever they get UBI fully fleshed out and it's really close, I think that that's 1.0. I think the next point of that is where all the cars are reporting it
1: up and it becomes kind of a bureau product. And so you think we won't be able to opt out of it? It'll be something that you have a car it's going to be doing it.
0: Yeah. You know, they always tell you that driving is a privilege, not a right. So that that's why they're going to they're gonna tie it. They're going to say, you know, it's a privilege. And so we're able to track this. I mean, they, they pretty much govern everything you do when you drive anyway. So, you know, why not this?
1: Yeah. Yep. So the third one is a massive opportunity, and claims will fully emerge. After decades of claims functioning as the old school back office part of the business, carriers are seeing the potential for game changing impact on the customer experience, expenses, and loss costs. In five years, claims will look nothing like it does today. The mosaic will be filled in beginning in 2018.
0: Yeah, claims claims is the big one. That's the one I'm always telling people. That's where insure tech, quote unquote, is really going to make the huge impact. That you're able to have an insured themselves go take a picture of your, their damage. And an artificial intelligent uh, system in the back end using neural nets are going to sit there and go, okay, this damage broke this part. This part needs this much paint. This needs that. Oh, there's damage whenever the damage is this bad in this area area, then that piece is actually broken that you can't even see in the middle of the engine block. Then... They just pop out a price. This is what this is what it's going to be to claim. Then you've got people that claims adjusters aren't going to you know the local repair shop. They're not making back deals and vice versa. It's really just done by a bot. And the insurance companies, every single time that they file a claim, now it's building more of that data moving forward. Yeah. So claims is,
1: is going to be huge. Well, I think the two of the biggest buzzwords around insure tech. Has been blockchain and AI, and AI I think is what's going to come into play with claims immensely. Yeah, which is what we're already seeing with Lemonade and their AI. That I think what uh, paid a claim in three seconds they were boasting about last year. Yeah, and you know that, that,
0: and that's the and what's what gets a lot of people is that Lemonade's claim process is basic. I mean, it, they're not covering much. It's it's rental and it's it, you know rental and con, uh, content coverages, which is basic. It's very easy. It's very easy to do, and it's time for my computer to be quiet. <laughs> 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 but uh, it's really basic and it's easy for everybody to um, to do that it's when it gets complicated and it gets to cars and damages to your house and everything in there, that's going to be the real change. That's going to be the one that you take a picture of your house and it has all the data modeled behind it and everything is done. That's going to transform insurance. And that's, it's not a disruption. It's, it's a disruption to industries outside of insurance. It's going to be a disruption to uh, people like um, you know repair facilities that try to pad claims or whatever they want to do. Oh, well, this was broken. You couldn't see it because it was in the middle of the, the engine block. That's not going to be the case anymore because it's going to go, well, we know that that wasn't broken based upon the tens of thousands of claims we felt that we did with this vehicle in this area and the carriers are sharing that data through their third-party providers so that data gets better every single
1: year yeah so the fourth trend or prediction he's making is the hype around connected cars and autonomous vehicles will continue the keyword being hype. The ugly math is that it still will still be at least 15 years until connected cars penetrate half the U.S. vehicle fleet. Level 5 autonomy will take even lo- longer. Unfortunately, the auto insurance deck will likely be reshuffled before then. To prepare for the transition, carriers will look to smartphone data to help. It delivers over 70% of connected car data plus distracted diving, driving data. Smartphones also provide new engagement opportunities and carriers don't have to wait. More than eighty five percent of drivers own one today.
0: All right, well that's first of all where I got the disconnect is that I am not installing an insurance carrier's app or a tracking app or anything into my phone because A I need the battery life. B, I don't want people tracking me. And that's going to be the problem is that data is so disparate. It's all over the place. You know, Progressive has theirs from the dongle. Uh, You know, Allstate and Life are getting it from apps. I mean, there's there's companies like Octo and um, all these companies that are aggregating this data in there, and they're keeping it in silos. Well, until A... We make all the data uniform, like all the fields are the same. Everybody's watching the same field. And I can tell you some carriers already think that they have that special sauce. They're like, oh, this one little thing. (laughs) This one I like. You know, this is the one I'm not telling anybody about because they feel it's their secret sauce to their algorithm. But once it flushes out and then it goes to Bureau and it's available for everybody, the UBI and the telematics data and all that, it's going to become part of your car. And that data getting reported up in the same format every single time, continuously. And GM's been doing it since 2011. I mean, that data is already in there. It's done. Don't worry about it. It's already being tracked. I mean, that's why they're trying to get everybody to opt in to OnStar because that enables their their usage metrics. You know, by their terms of service. And so we're you know, this industry. Whenever that happens, whenever this industry works together with the auto industry and governments because it's all going to come together. And this is probably like mid-2020s, so like 2025 that this really comes to fruition, is that that's where it's really going to transform. Autonomous cars, they're neat. Yes, they're hype. But the real data of it is the connected vehicle. And that's that's what I'm looking forward to as you know, being in the industry. Because again, that helps you understand your agent or your, your consumer. It helps you just go click, hey, Becky drives this car, this is her driving habits, I know her, I can rate it. Now, I don't have to ask all these questions. I can look up your driving history, You got any accidents or whatnot, and then you're throwing it in there and you're going, all right, well, here's your rate. Makes it easy, which goes down to point number one. Right. Yeah. Consumers
1: want easy. So, would you, would you, what do you think about being tracked? I think we're already being tracked to an extent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you got the, so is,
1: well, like, is that where the Zuma satellite
0: went? Is it actually secretly <laughs> tracking you? <laughs>
1: well, like whenever I open ways to use ways, right? And if the car is in motion, it's like, uh, you can't use us right now. Cause you're driving. Mm-hmm. So you have to click. I'm the passenger button mm-hmm. in order to be, to use, to use the app. So they they know I in a car and I'm moving already. Oh yeah.
0: And, and there's, there's some uh, apps that uh, connect to like a Bluetooth device in your um, car that actually knows the position of your phone in the car so that if you hand it to the passenger, they actually know. And I asked the guys that were creating this app and I go, well, how do you know if you've got really long arms? You just reach over <laughs> in the passenger seat. And they said by the angle, they can tell yeah. that your arm is holding it that if way. Yeah. If it's
1: facing you or if it's facing Facing the seat. Sure. And I was like, all right. But
0: yeah, we're we're getting tracked. I mean, everything is trackable. Everything seems to just, I mean, it, it's like, have you ever looked up your Google history and you just see everywhere that you're going around because Google's just tracking you all the time? Or Apple. Right. It's like. Oh boy, privacy is out the window. It's
1: been out the window for a long time. I mean, privacy, it privacy now is just an illusion.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's one of the biggest problems that is coming to the insurance industry when it comes to this is privacy. You've got two two schools here. You've got people that like their privacy and you got newer generations that have accepted this constant you know oversight that they have this oversight they have helicopter parents they have uh, phones that track them they have the ability that for you to track your friends and see where they are i mean I, I, no way no, no <laughs> thank you it's like i don't want anybody tracking where i am and what i'm doing i'm not doing anything wrong i just don't like people you know having this oh i saw that you were here that's creepy
1: <laughs> that's that's beyond you it's know? definitely creepy You know, you get when you get those emails that say, "Hey, I saw you were on our website." You know, but anything I can help you with is like, "I," but I didn't ask for help. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, but it's a great feature. I mean, we, you know, it's whenever you come visit our websites through behavioral retargeting, you go to our site and then, you know, you're browsing the web, and all of a sudden you're on some insurance journal page and. There's our ad right there from in front of you. And th- it, that's that's easy because at least you came to the site. But whenever it's like an outbound email going, hey, I noticed you visit our site. <laughs> that's sure? where it gets
1: creepy. Are you sure? You didn't it gets to- really creepy. Yeah, absolutely. So the last one is outrage with distraction will reach a peak. Speaking of knowing if we're using our phones while driving after more than 30 30- Four thousand lives lost in 2015 alone, so this was a few years ago, and countless accidents as a result of smartphone use in cars, consumers, regulators, and insurers will step up their game. Laws have generated short-term effects, and general awareness campaigns have produced limited results. Smartphone-based efforts, however, have proven to reduce distracted driving by 20%. States will also review how they're collecting and reporting distracted driving data. Which has been significantly underreported to date. Expect some big news, big new ideas that tilt the curve. Huh? I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs>
0: um, you know, as a as as someone who's perennially known to have uh, ADD, and everybody knows it. Whenever I come in your office, and I'm like, Oh yeah, what was I? Oh yeah, it was this? Or other times you come in my office, and I'm like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're still here? I'm sorry. I don't mean to do it, but it's (laughs) so you add one more element to that. And a a phone is ultra distracting. Yes. But also infotainment systems. I mean, you saw the one in in my car. It's like you could it warns you and it misspells a word. (laughs) According to you, um, it warns you right up front. Like, don't let this distract you because it is very distracting. And I've had to kind of train myself to, to look at the heads-up display instead of the big-ass dash because it distracts me. So I see the distracted driving and, and distractions that all of these technology brings is a very big deal. And I think that it's probably going to become more of that there's laws that cars need to turn off cell phones, like turn off screens or something like that when they're in the car because it is. And driving is, is about attention, You have the, you're looking at the road, you're using your foot for the pedals, you're using your hands for the gears, you're changing the radio station, you're checking your speed, you're doing all this stuff all the time. And it's an ever changing world around you. And then you pick up the cell phone, and the cell phone adds just one level of complexity that is taking your eyes off of half of the equation is what's happening outside of the car. And so, I don't, you know. Distracted driving will continue to become worse and worse. And like in Texas, they just passed this law.
1: I know. I was going to mention that. You know, before then, I I never looked while I was driving at my phone. But if I was at a stoplight, I would pick up my phone and mm-hmm. check something or switch the song or whatever sure. it was I was going to do. <laughs> uh, but now it's like I have I have made more of an effort to even then even sitting at a stoplight, not pick up my phone and just leave it where it is. And it's hard. It's absolutely hard. I've heard of uh, campaigns for uh, paint your fingernail, your thumb, the fingernail on your thumb red Mm -hmm. to remind you to put the phone down. I don't know how well that works. I never tried it, but I saw a video or something where people were doing that. I'd probably do the middle finger. (laughs) Um, One idea I always loved that I don't know if, if they're working on, but I, I think would be awesome, is to have a car mode on your phone, like you have an airplane mode, mm-hmm. that would just, you know, you would have, if somebody texted you, it would respond back to the, the person who texted you saying, I'm driving, I'll get back to you when I'm done, or when I'm stopped. I know Android has that. Does, do they does, have it now? Uh, yeah, they do. It's part of Android Auto, so
0: it it integrates your system, and you can tell it responses, "Hey, I'm driving," and you know, you can even pre-program it to go here. I'm going here, or here's where I'm at. <laughs> Again, it's like I don't want to be tracked.
1: Yeah, but I think that that is the most that's more brilliant because if it's just something I can quickly flip on my phone from on to off. And I don't have to worry about if I get a notification while I'm driving, the temptation to look at it, because I won't be – I won't hear it until – and see it until I'm done driving. Yeah. Well, I – you you went to where I am now. I, I mean, I was
0: bad. Uh, I'll admit it. I was bad picking up my phone, texting. You know, I it goes used back to the
1: what you don't want your insurer to know your yeah, driving
0: habits. But I've gotten better. It's like I used to. I mean, I would use voice type. I wasn't going to sit there and you know thumb in something or swipe in something. Nothing like that. But I would um, definitely text while driving. Period. Point blank. I, I admitted. When the law passed, I stopped. But I went to where you were, is that I actually, at stoplights, you know, and sometimes now that's like zoom up to the stoplight so I can stop real quick and pull out the phone, check an email, and then just throw it back into the center console. But I do close it. And I learned that from Stuart Gannis, is that whenever he drove, he puts his phone in his center console. And I noticed it. And it made an impact. And I I even tweeted him about it. I said... Stuart, you transform my behaviors before it became law in Texas, <laughs> but you transform your, my behaviors because I realized how dumb I was being. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I give props to him on that, but it, it's, you know, the law helped too. I Definitely don't like breaking the law. I'm not not a lawbreaker per se. I have to pay a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Was, but, but now, whenever someone is like swerving a little bit and I'm like, okay, they're drunk or they are um they're they're texting and 99 percent of the time they're over there texting that's when i want to use the uh, painted middle finger it's, <laughs> so i was like you are breaking the law stop breaking the law as i pass them at 90 miles an hour in a 65 mile per hour zone <laughs> typical yeah i know oh. oh all right so that's the five huh that's the five what do you think which one do you think is going to be more
1: uh, more prevalent what what do you think is going to be the biggest impact there I think consumers will always have the biggest impact because they're the decision makers in this whole process right they're yeah. going to be the ones that determine who wins whether it's you know independent agents that they're using or they're going to be using these insured tech startups they're the, they're the ones making that choice doesn't matter where the investment dollars go if the cons- customers don't go there it doesn't matter Yeah. Well, that's, unfortunately,
0: that was also mine. So we don't have the opportunity to argue this one. (laughs) That's what always makes a lot of these pretty fun is whenever it's like, no,
1: I don't think so. Nay,
0: nay, no, no.
1: Nah. Well, then we might be doing the wrong thing, because we tend to agree a lot. Uh, I, no, but when we do, that's what that's what people are going
0: to have to wait and listen for, is like, okay, Becky and Larry, they agreed on this one. All right, boring show. Boring show, boring show, boring show.
1: Holy shit! <laughs>
0: <laughs> this show! You should have heard of Go Back and Forth on this one, because it was, like, insane. There was like, no, 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 no. It just it devolves into, no, no. <laughs> Yep. But that's but that's where having a drink in your hand helps because sometimes it it just goes all right. It softens you, it softens the other person, but it it's we've had so many, you know, I, I love Friday afternoons because of this, because we have so many great conversations. We, we solve so many problems. You and Justin and Dawn and, you know, Philip and Joel, all of them will come in and just and talk with us, and, and we'll, we'll pound out some ideas. Heather, too. You know, we just sit around. Now, we got a whole bunch of
1: people that are pregnant these days, so... <laughs> Yeah, my my drink is is non alcoholic right now. Yeah, well, I can I can tell you that uh, today's
0: episode was brought to you by Witherspoon's Distillery in uh, Louisville, Texas, with their straight bourbon whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I wonder if we'll we'll eventually get uh, advertising dollars for that. You know, just
1: like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that would be nice to dream. Well, what, what do you? Oh, you Lacroix. Yeah. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah.
0: You know that sparkling water. That's become like a big thing, the Lacroix. Like you have lots of people drinking that stuff. Is it good?
1: I like it. I mean, it's caffeine free, which helps, and you know, not too sweet, which is what I need to drink right now. <laughs> You're like,
0: I don't need any temptation. I, I don't. don't go any which way with this. Yes. Well, yeah.
1: I think this is good. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, we'll be doing this what weekly? We we actually hadn't talked about a frequency. So,
0: <laughs> well, we have high hopes. We uh, we numbered this episode 001 so that uh, we could at least grow to nine hundred ninety nine. I think we'll 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 at least uh, crest the hundred mark. You know, whenever it hits hundred, you can hit syndication, and then you're on Nick at Night, and you know, on, on the weekends at three a.m. Oh yeah! But uh, I've I've had fun, and it has been great. Well, um, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.